Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 82. I'm continuing with the uh, the uh, series, you know, imparting in the series of furniture care and conservation restoration. Um, this episode is we're going to title out as Furniture Examination Techniques, Techniques Part 1. Proper care of newly acquired furniture cannot begin until each piece has been thoroughly examined to determine what problems exist and decide what to do about them. You have to lay out a game plan. I have too many people with furniture and they want to do these things on their own. They haphazardly start here and there and they cause more problems. I have individuals that I've worked with or potentially worked with, with historic houses. They don't know where to start. They don't take advice and they get lost and they make mistakes and they cause additional problems and work for themselves. So whether it's period furniture or period architecture, um, you've got to follow the game plan. You need an assessment of the object, whether it's a house or whether it's a chair, a dresser or commode. Further though, each piece that is already part of your collection should be re-examined at regular intervals. So you just don't stop and look at one piece and say, well, I just it's, it's done now and let it go. Year after year, go around your collection, your house. Museums do it. You should be doing it too. Be sure nothing is degradating. And you always want to make sure that no new problems have developed undetected. If your artifacts have never been accessioned, the examination process provides an ex- excellent opportunity for doing just that. And it is also a good time to clean artifact surfaces not normally exposed or accessible. Further, when the basic examination of all the pieces in a collection is completed, you'll be in a better position to discuss priorities with a conservator or to do any remedial treatments you may need or uh, desire yourself. Let's talk about the procedure and equipment. Examining furniture is not a simple task. It can be difficult for both the experienced and the unexperienced. Surveying a collection with numerous objects can be time-consuming, even troublesome. Careful preparation can make the work much easier, however. So before undertaking the job of examining a collection of furniture or your, your specific piece, design an all-purpose examination form to fit your own individual needs or special requirements. Fill out a form for each object explained. Data recorded on the forms as the furniture examined should be legible and systematic, and it should be stored in a permanent file record. A proper location is essential for examining furniture. Space to be used for the examination should be close enough to the furniture collection to allow easy movement, to be able to walk around a workbench 360 degrees. And this easy movement, particularly in smaller objects, to and from the collection and the examining site. The examination area should be away from the flow of traffic and free from casual visitors and other interruptions. Above all, there should be adequate illumination, preferably natural, natural light supplemented with movable electric lights. With a workable form designed and a suitable location chosen, The next step toward examining a collection is to assemble the necessary tools and equipment. So let's just go over a few of the following. Notepads, pencils, 
examination forms. If you're on site, saw horses, two pairs preferably. An examination table, one pair of saw horses can be used for table legs under, say, four by eight sheet of plywood or a three quarter inch plywood. A comfortable chair to sit on, flashlight, movable lights, extension cord, magnifying glass, tape measure, yardstick or carpenter's folding rule, basic hand tools with wire replacement and mirror adjustments, screwdrivers, adjustable wrench, wire cutters, all, padded movers blankets, padded blocks, hand mirror, mirror plate hangers, assortment of brass screws for attaching hangers, vacuum cleaner, assorted sizes of paintbrushes for dusting, dust cloths. So if any information about the object being examined is available or already on file, have that information close by for reference as you examine the piece. And note the and comment, uh, make comments about the object's construction and present condition, especially important on earlier photographs. To get into the swing of things, let's begin with pieces that are small and simple in construction. Once you've established a method of operations, you'll be better prepared to tackle the more complex pieces. Examine all pieces in detail, smaller tables, chairs, lap desks, clocks, and so on can be moved to the examination table or workbench, turned over, moved about, and examined thoroughly. Larger pieces should be examined where they stand, but more information can be gained by moving them a few inches out from the wall. So let's talk about moving and lifting. So be careful not to damage a piece in trying to move it. However, have plenty of strong help on hand and remember always to lift from the bottom, never the moldings. When you're handling case pieces, before lifting any artifact, large or small, carefully examine its joints. Look for loose joints elements such as legs and make sure that any part of the object that you're lifting is totally secure. So let's labeling it for reassembly. Remove all drawers before turning over a piece. Look for signatures, labels, numbers, and so on, and record those that are found. Use chalk or small self-adhering labels to number each drawer on its unfinished bottom or back for proper reinstallation after examination. If self-adhering labels are used, be sure to remove them when the drawer is put back into place. If these labels are left on a piece of furniture, the adhesive on them may cause stains or daubs of it may <coughs> tend to remain on the object. If examination discloses labels applied earlier, you may see these daubs. Um, you may pick these up, but however, you may want to consider leaving them on as part of the object's history, you know, past sales and things like that. So if you, if you want to remove them, wood or applied with cotton may soften old adhesive residue and make it easier to remove from an unfinished surface. Mineral spirits or acetone may be required for some residues, but try water first. Before reinstalling the drawer, apply uh, a paste wax or paraffin to the runners to reduce abrasion. Examine for loose hardware and make note of it. If any is found, then make whatever repairs are needed. On the permanent record form, record all repairs made and all materials used. 
Recording measurements. Recording the measurements of each new piece examined is useful for identification purposes. And it is also helpful information to have at hand if the piece is to be transported or if it is to be fitted into an exhibition. Commonly used terms such as width and length mean different things to different people and should be used only if necessary, such as when measuring a tabletop. To be most useful in working with furniture, measurement should specify the size of the piece from side to side, from front to back, and its height. All furniture measurements should be listed in inches first, followed by measurements in centimeters recorded in brackets. The examination form should show the largest dimension measured because there will also be a difference of a fraction of an inch or so between one side of an object and the other. In measuring tables, make the notion on the form to show whether dimensions given indicate table leaves are up or down, whether a car table is open or closed, and so on. Use a yardstick to find the front-to-back measurements of a chair. Place, a back, place the back of the chair against the wall. With the chair facing you, insert a yardstick just below the front seat rail and ease the yardstick back until it hits the wall. For longer measurements, use a retractable tape measure, but make sure the person holding the opposite end of the measure doesn't scratch the finish. Use proper left and right sides in measurement of furniture. These designations are respective to the object, not to the viewer standing in front of the piece. For example, the right side of a chair is on your right when you are sitting on the chair. It will be on your left as you address the chair or stand in front of the chair. Examining mirrors. If there are mirrors in a collection being examined, check all hanger wires, screw eyes, and nail hangers and walls, and make any necessary repairs before rehanging the mirrors. So let's go over some basic steps for mirror testing in proper sequence. Number one, remove the mirror from the wall. After checking to see the frame and glass are secure, gently but firmly lift the mirror and place it on padded blocks against the wall. Number two, check the hanging device on the wall and, if it is loose, replace it. If the supporting nail is in plasterboard or plaster, replace the nail with a screw secured to a screw anchor of plastic or even lead. Number three, replace non-braided wire with braided wire to provide necessary strength, duplicating the length of the old wire so that the mirror will hang at the same height as before. Number four, if screw eyes have been used to attach the hanging wire, remove the screw eyes and replace them with mirror plate hangers. Number five, photograph the completed work and then rehang the mirror. Accessioning. Accession numbers should be written legibly as small as possible and applied to it in an inconspicuous area on each collection piece. And the examination process is an ideal time for that. Insofar as possible, choose for replacement of the accession number a location that will be in approximately the same place on each side of the entire collection. The kind of planning in accession number placement can, serve as a great, can save a great deal of time. And in the long run, considerable time may be wasted 
later on if one must search for these accession numbers placed at random on each collection piece. The inconspicuous area selected for the accession number should be a place where the numbers can be reached without moving the object away from the wall, somewhere like on the side rear leg, for instance, near the floor. Neither clear nor colored nail polish should ever be used for applying the accession number to the area where the furniture finish is present. If a mistake is made or if the number has to be removed later for some other reason, the nail polish will have to be removed with acetone, which could also remove some of the piece's finish. To apply accession numbers properly, purchase the following materials and use them in the order listed. Number one, a small paintbrush for applying varnish. Number two, a solvent of varnish. Number three, a fine pointed paintbrush, and number four, acrylic emulsion paint, white. Use the small paintbrush to apply a base coat of the solvent varnish to a spot just big enough to carry the accession number. Allow the varnish to dry. Use the fine pointed brush and the acrylic emulsion paint to paint the accession number on, over the varnish spot prepared for it. Let the painted number dry. Seal the entire spot with the top coat of Solvar varnish. Always be sure that each layer is dry before applying the next. The whole three-layer sandwich can be removed later, if need be, with mineral spirits and or turpentine. Cleaning hidden surfaces. After the furniture has been examined, take the opportunity to clean furniture surfaces not usually exposed to view. Use the vacuum cleaner to remove cobwebs, dust balls, cocoons, and so forth. From areas, bright, <coughs> from areas brought to light during the examination, wipe off all surface dust and dirt with a soft cloth. For further, ex <coughs> intensive cleaning techniques will be brought forward in the next episode. So we're going to end there with part one of furniture examination techniques. Uh, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, signing off. Thanks for listening.